Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But there's a school district in Melrose, Massachusetts, just a few miles north of Boston, that has decided to, quote, de-emphasize Halloween. A new policy, Superintendent Julie Kuchenberger sent a letter to parents. I just wanted to say a few words about Halloween. I have received tons of emails and media requests. For years, you all have continued to promote fossil fuels despite knowing that promoting them means promoting environmental racism and violence in black and brown communities. You all are still promoting and selling fossil fuels that are killing millions of people. This is a striking example of white supremacy. You buy an electric vehicle, you go all the way across America on a single tank of gas, figuratively speaking. It's not gas. You plug it in. What an inspiring guy that guy is. I, you know, uh, do us proud over in Europe, uh, President Joe Biden touting your wonderful um, two-tiered infrastructure victory, mm-hmm. touting all of the in- climate successes that have been hacked off of it already. Oh man, this guy! This is t- this is a, such a great day for news. This is such a wonderful day altogether. <laughs> this is so perfect, so perfect. Hello to all my friends in Melrose who are going to listen to this. By the way, who mm-hmm. I love and miss you guys. You guys are fantastic. Uh, and some new people who I didn't know about before, including the um, the superintendent. Yeah, she was coming in right when we were making our exit. Right, right. So uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, how fun is this? <laughs> how fun is this? Melrose, Massachusetts. Just, you know, it, it's funny. Like, it, it, Turtle Boy is going to set up a home office in Melrose, Massachusetts. <laughs> and it comes because the the... Perfect amount there. It's newly woke, Melrose. Mm-hmm. So it's changed retching from what it used to be into trying to be super woke. And everybody's yeah, it used to be super like- educated. So everybody's trying to strive to go even woker. Make it woker. Make it woker. Make it woker. Yeah, it used to be like a really normal town. Like yeah. they were into their football team that was called the Red Raiders. It's not anymore. It's no, called it's the, the M's. The yes, Melrose it's the, Big it's, M's. It's the generic football club. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but they, I mean, they were just like very, it was very average, like a good mix of like working class and it was on the train. I mean, it was, it was an awesome community. Oh yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And there's still some great people. That's okay. But let's, enough of the niceties. And and we've got wokeness up here where we are too. It's all the same. It's all over the place in New England. But I think, you know what happened in Melrose is it got published on a couple of lists of Mm -hmm. like good communities to live in. So. And it was, that cursed it. Yeah, it it absolutely destroyed the town because then a million people all like decided to move, like crazy mm. people. And I mean, it worked out for like people like us who wanted to sell our house that was in Melrose and get out because I mean, the real estate, what people paid for real estate there still boggles my mind. Like, um, but 
you know, it it was not it was not the town that they were led to believe by the trendy like wallet hub list of the best towns to live in all of America. Other than the fact that it has a cute downtown, it was not like it did not have highly boutique schools. It did not have. And so like a bunch of the people that came in had to immediately like roll up their sleeves and get to work, like wokeifying it and making it a beautiful people's thing. How many town meetings do you watch with people saying, we just moved here from Somerville. And quite frankly, the fact that you have aldermen we find to be horrible. The world's watching. I can tell you from Somerville, we used to wonder how you could do that, have aldermen instead of city council. And of course, they got rid of all. And this is the kind of crap they do. Uh, this is whatever. It's the window, woke window dressing. That is what what is uh, Melrose, Massachusetts. So, as you know, do you want to go through the timeline of the, the Halloween story? Well, I think we hit it a tiny bit, didn't didn't we? Brush, Did we oh. Yeah, we brushed on it the other day because we talked about it a little bit before Turtle Boy's story about it. Right. Okay. We brushed on. Okay. So they've decided. The superintendent decided that it was exclusionary. Uh, having uh, it was not. It, it was excluding. Well, right. People. Not everybody celebrates right. Halloween. So there's bound some to be kids somebody couldn't afford costumes. Right. So she wanted in the schools to, uh, as Kimmel just said, de-emphasize Halloween. So basically, like my understanding is from the community groups that basically. They're still doing, like, fall activities with, yes. like, pumpkins so, and leaves. Right. So here's what Julie Kuchenberger said. Over the past several years, Melrose Public Schools has worked to de-emphasize Halloween and shift our focus towards community building through fall celebrations. So it sounds so fun. If you're a kid. <laughs> this is in line with our mission, vision, values, and district profiles. Um, people, of course, weren't pleased about this. Our goal is to keep kids in school and celebrate their learning and progress, she said. We're not in the business of excluding kids. Mm. And so exclusion, um, even if it's one kid, that's why some groups are often marginalized, Kuchenberger said. That's because they aren't the majority culture. There's still lots of other ways for people to celebrate Halloween. Now, when people tell you we're not celebrating, we don't teach critical race theory, this may not be it, but all of these ingredients are parts of it. Oh, right. And it's obviously completely hypocritical because, I mean, they did stuff that was patently offensive to Christianity at every turn. Like, every second they were pushing, like, woke books about gender and mm-hmm. stuff on people and telling six-year-olds what pronouns they use and things like that. Like, I mean, every second. Every second. They were offensive to Christianity every minute of the day mm-hmm. that they could possibly try to be. And, like... If you had told them, like, in the interest of inclusion, could you not be completely just grossly offensive to my religion, mm-hmm. like, just for a minute? Like, could you put it on pause while I'm here? Like, they would, like, have laughed in your face because right. that's not what they mean by inclusion. What they mean by right. inclusion is only things that we want. Exactly. And she says, <clears throat> there are some people who don't celebrate Halloween. That'll mean some kids don't come at all that day. And uh, actually, Kimmel addresses that. She says, why does it need to happen at school? Why is that a school responsibility as opposed to a community? This is what happens when you get some millennial moron or Gen X or whatever she is who decides that she's a little more enlightened than everybody who came before her and now has a pet project. She's been doing this for a while, so she's Mm -hmm. uh, emboldened. And if you want to know her life story, Turtle Boy has a whole breakdown of every district she's taught in and the scandals that... It is interesting. I just, I haven't even seen what he wrote on this, Mm -hmm. but I have seen, um, I just looked up a story about Maine and uh, she said, but we've been working toward living our mission and vision and values. Working towards living our mission and vision and values Mm -hmm. tells you you're dealing with a true believer right here. And if we say that inclusion matters, that means we have to think about all the choices we make. God, she just, just every word of it is so self-indulgently woke. Mm-hmm. All the right words. Look, look, I'm saying all the right things. They're all the right things you're supposed to be saying in a high dollar community now. You need one of me here speaking like this. Mm-hmm. You got a, you, you bought the real thing. And I believe actually when they were hiring a superintendent, <clears throat> I'm could have this wrong Melrose people correct me if I'm wrong but I think one of the selling points of her coming into the district is that she actually lives in town and is a parent in town at the Roosevelt school which was like the wokest of the woke 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 schools Mm -hmm. in in Melrose so so they were like see she's already one of us (laughs) that was like part of the formula for like why she got the Melrose job so 
so this is all a nice way. Uh, Kuchenberger said the district has been in the process of de-emphasizing Halloween for a few years now in the process. Uh, Individual schools have transitioned to fall-themed celebrations while some have continued to recognize the holiday. For instance, the seniors have a dress-up dance and the Roosevelt's Fall Festival included trunk or treat. Uh, The hope is to have uniformity across the district. Okay, Right, so that's going away, in other words. Uh, Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, our school when we were there used to have a Halloween dance. That's gone now. You know what I love that she says to parents? What? She says to parents, we need you to have her our backs. We want to be bold and courageous. We want to do more. But we're not going to get it perfect every time. We want to know the community is going to support us. Well, we need you to have our backs. F you! Yeah, and on the community groups... Now that this has, like, hit all these news places and, like, Turtle Boy wrote it up and it's on Kimmel, there's, like, all finger-pointing and blame now. Oh, it's wonderful. Like, we're we're going to get... Oh. Before you say that, else, we're going to get to the... Okay, the, Mozart's working. I'll so just I've, sit over that's here. That's correct. So I have I have um, had the pleasure of watching some of yesterday's or two days ago school committee meeting. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <laughs> Let me start by let's let's start by just uh, playing for people the Kim the Kimmel bit because it actually it actually and my Substack is about this today. It actually gives me great hope in the world that maybe we're going to start riding the ship again. That maybe we're coming to balance again and we can hit an even sea level where not everybody's absolutely and totally nuts. So here, here's Kimmel's monologue, which must have oh this is wonderful horrified the. Out of everybody involved in the uh, school committee. So thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. I hope that uh, those of you watching at home are safe and sound as a storm pounds the northeastern United States, threatening Halloween celebrations this weekend, particularly in New England, where they're already threatened by uh, humans, by people who are trying to take Halloween. Just think, if you're in the school committee and you're a, a Kimmel watcher, right now you've heard New England, Halloween threatened by humans and you're thinking right now you're no longer breathing saying oh in the name of god don't be melrose don't be melrose don't be melrose <laughs> Wait, you know, i know the country is very divided right now but I, this i believe might be the kind of thing that will unite us maybe maybe not probably not but there's a school district in melrose massachusetts just a few miles north of boston <laughs> that has decided to, quote, de-emphasize Halloween. And not because of COVID. That has nothing to do with COVID. Schools will not host their annual Halloween festivities this year, thanks to a new policy. Superintendent Julie Kuchenberger sent a letter to parents, says, over the past several years, MPS has worked to de-emphasize Halloween, shift our focus toward community Sometimes you keep the maiden name, sometimes you take the... We were just saying that somebody, that sometimes, that's it, that, that you should always take the husband's name. <laughs> it, and it's not a bad idea until you're the target of a Jimmy Kimmel joke on national late night television. Oh, Turtle Boy went after that too. He said, like, I'm it sounds sure like he... it's a name that we made up for her, but it's yes. not, actually not. <laughs> you're being mean, Alice. Fall celebrations, as we work to address unfinished learning, two of our key priorities are equity and the inclusion of all students and fostering a sense of belonging and partnership with students, family, and staff. And I guess that means no Halloween party? I don't know why. (laughs) The fact that he just said that right now gives me hope in the world. Mm -hmm. That he now sees that, wait a second, it's just Halloween. It's just a way to have fun. You don't have to dissect everything in the world Mm -hmm. and take it apart and say, well, you know what? Problematic, problematic, problematic. If you do, you're a psychotic or a superintendent. Sounds to me like maybe Julie Kuchenberger couldn't think of a fun costume, so she ruined it for everyone. (laughs) Parents have started a petition to bring Halloween back to the school, but the district is standing. Pat Kuchenberger said there are people who don't celebrate Halloween, students, and that means those kids might not come to school at all that day, which, all right, problem solved then, right? I mean, (laughs) then nobody's, I don't know, bring on the Skittles, right? Who is, maybe I'm being obtuse, but who's feeling marginalized by a Halloween party? Goblin Americans? I don't know. I, all I know... Alice, that was funny to human beings. Okay. So laugh. Okay. <laughs> sure is there are about to be a lot of eggs thrown at the Kuchenberger house. Uh-oh. Instead of de-emphasizing Halloween, what, maybe what they need is an alternate, non-offensive 
name for the holiday at the end of October. It could be freely celebrated, schools inclusively, for all. And because we like to be helpful, we came up with some ideas. Uh, National Gourd Appreciation Day. <laughs> Squash Ashana. Children dress slightly differently than they normally do every day. The uh, Festival of Non-Terrifying, Eco-Friendly... I like Squash Hashanah. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> rubber Masks. Dracula Labor Day. All Snickers Eve. Afterlife Awareness Day. Just Let the Theater Kids Go Nuts Night. And something we can all get behind, Rob Schneider's birthday. So, 58. There you go. There you go. So, that's that. So... But so, yeah, mustn't it like give them pause because they're so used to like they're on the team that Kimmel's making fun of and Stephen Colbert is making fun of and SNL is making right. fun of. We're the team that's the good, cool team that's the fun people and the we're the good guys, you know? Like everybody's on our side. Right. But now the big ones are making fun of us. Like we're not the cool kids anymore. Like that's totally scary. Right. Well said, Alice. That is perfectly right. You're right. In sophisticated America is turning on Melrose and Kuchenberger. They, you know who else? You know who else Jimmy Kimmel attacks? Mm -hmm. Trump. Yeah. Trump, Kuchenberger, Melrose. All, all the ridiculous people. Mitch McConnell, Steve Bannon. You're all in there. You're all together now. Mm -hmm. Capitol Riot, Melrose, Trump, Steve Bannon. It's all there. You know, Ted Cruz, you're all there. A cast out of sophisticated society. Viciously, viciously. Oh, this is so fantastic. So, um, so uh, yesterday or two days ago, they had a school committee meeting. And this is something that I think is fantastic. And I have noticed this when I was working in Lowell. I noticed this with a couple of complete woke, tough guys as they were happy to rip special days away from kids and change names, etc. That when pressed, when asked about it, unfortunately, this was not really a public comment school committee thing. I don't know if there ever is. But uh, Kuchenberger gave her uh, superintendent's update. Mm -hmm. And listen to this. She was really tough in that last email there. Listen to this now. This is her talking. I just wanted to say a few words about Halloween. I have received tons of emails and media requests. I've been doing my best to reply to as many as possible, um, but I know that I haven't had a chance to reach everyone. The one thing I wanted to say is that we're not canceling Halloween. We're not um, saying that Halloween's not a valid celebration for families. I myself celebrate... Well, no, 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 tough guy, reinforce what you said in mm -hmm. your actions, reinforce, now she's taking a giant step away from it and said, we're not canceling Halloween, there's no canceling Halloween because mm -hmm. she hates that it's being positioned as that because what she's doing in the schools is canceling Halloween. Right. So, but she's now saying, no, no, we're not, we're absolutely not canceling Halloween. No, tough guy. You're the tough, woke soldier, the social justice person, mm -hmm. right? You undid something that had been done. I think it's uh, a listener gave me the answer because I couldn't think of the name. Remember Chesterton's Fence? Mm -hmm. You know, an institution that was there, thought about, uh, you know, um, conspired over and instituted and enjoyed for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And right. for some woke smartass to come and decide, you know what? No, you can't have that anymore, white parents, right? Well, guess what? Sometimes it bites you in the ass. There's a reason why nobody else thought <laughs> to do this. Halloween. Right. Well, and especially one of the points of contention is that she did this a week and a half before Halloween. Oh, yeah. So, like, kids had costumes to wear to school, all planned. Of and course. Like and, then she's, and she goes over this and says that she is, she's mentioning right now, that oh, I celebrate Halloween. Well, I mean... We all know that now, thanks to citizen journalists. I Halloween outside of school with my family, as do many of our educators. Our intent here is just to make sure that we're not centering everything that we do during the fall season around Halloween alone. Oh, is that, that was it. So they're not taking away a Halloween celebration in the school. They're just not centering everything they do around the Halloween uh, occasion during the fall. Mm-hmm. So... But what you're doing is canceling the Halloween thing. Right. And, I mean, right. you went out there and you said it's because the situation, the, the whole situation leaves people out. It's exclusive. It's not inclusive to everybody. Well, like, if it's so bad, why do you celebrate it outside school? 
Yeah, I you know, you, agree. kids who are in the minority culture who feel left out of your culture uh, are going to feel left out in school hours and outside of school well, hours yes, too. Yes, kids in other cultures go out on October thirty first. They're going to notice that something they don't practice is being centered out there, and that's harm. Yeah. We're trying to allow our our staff to think critically about what we celebrate in our schools. This is such a wuss answer. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Trying to allow the staff to think critically about what we celebrate. No, that's not what you're doing. Yeah, that's- no, you allowed them to not think critically because you told them not to. Right. It's right. Allow the staff to think critically. Wait a second. So is this the staff's fault now? Is this what's going it's on It's like here? when you're a kid and a grown-up says to you, like, you're about to, like, go take the cookie off the shelf. And they're like, I'm going to let you think really carefully about whether or not you want to take that cookie right now. Like... <laughs> I'm going to give you a choice about what you... Are you making a good choice right now? And then you're thinking as a kid, like, I don't have a choice, do I? But this the, is not... Right. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing is here is that she's using... She's not duplicating her first salvo of weasel words that she used mm-hmm. when she was a tough guy to get rid of Halloween. She's using more weasel words, but they're not doing anything. It's just a distraction words. But it's... So she's just... This is just a smokescreen. This is it? This is all you have? This is absolutely pathetic. And why? How we utilize our school day to its maximum potential, and also how we celebrate and have joyful activities with our students. We know that all of those things are important as we work to build community. And this is also great. And this is good, too, because you, you can hear this with its political doublespeak. Mm-hmm. We didn't. T- no, we're not taking things. We're adding more things, more of an abundance of joy. We want to spark joy and have you know integral uh, you know conversations in discovery and joy. No, you can say that, but you shot Halloween in the head and it's dead right there. You can mm-hmm. say you're doing all sorts of other things, then that's great. The only real action item is no Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's so weaselly. Okay. So Halloween's not banned. We're not saying you can't. Because we never said Halloween is banned because you don't speak like the Chiron reads on Fox News. But you used Wokeese to say it in an roundabout way. But you don't like the way it's painted on you to hear somebody say that about you. Mm -hmm. Just like they don't like when people call their lessons on race, critical race theory. They don't like that being called that, but... you know, at the end of the day, people don't like the lesson that you're teaching. So maybe you should reconsider. Say Halloween or read books about Halloween or even do Halloween crafts. But we are saying is that we're not going to center everything that we do during the fall around one particular holiday. Wasn't that the biggest thing? The biggest problem in the school was they kept centering everything they do in the fall around one particular holiday. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, well, so, um, I don't know. How much time do you think is spent um, celebrating Columbus Day? Does that get a whole bunch of time? Not anymore. Uh, correct. Right. <laughs> it, it, one, isn't um, Thanksgiving in the fall or is that winter? That's in the fall. Right. That's so the fall. We're not going to spend it. We can't just spend It's such horseplay the way she's also, talking. Yeah. And what a straw man. We can't spend all fall just thinking about Halloween. Like, were you doing that? What exactly do they want to spend the fall doing? Any- and by the way, that's so great. Uh, I'm just like, curious. How much of November are they thinking about Halloween? <laughs> Zero. So now that's her. Now I, I have to ask you because you've gone to these meetings. Mm-hmm. Just um, on the topic of Halloween, I'm not going to belabor it. I'm just going to um, speak to the more to the communication of it and the Mm -hmm. transparency of it. And I think that's really um, part of it. It's not the only part, but for some people, it's the subject itself. But for a lot of people, it was the communication and... uh Who is this pussy, Alice? I don't know who that is. He's a school committee member named John Obremsky. Do you know him? Mm Mm-mm. I think he was newer towards it. Man, well, John, way to fight the dragon. Don't put yourself out there too much. My God. Is this guy a member of the Castrati? I don't want to believe at the point at all. It's just a, the, the the lack of communication is uh, concerning to some people over here. Listen, pussy, just call call her out. All right, say it. God, what have you done, Melrose? Um, 
the lack of involvement of those schools where it was impacted. And I think that's really what... Um, you know he's not making eye contact with her here. He does not feel comfortable saying this. She's more popular than they oh, are. Yeah. He's just scared, definitely. He doesn't want to have mm-hmm. to say this. You know the rash of bleep he must have caught from people to have to say this. The administration has to focus on is the transparency and the inclusion of families in these decisions. And I know that um, not every decision within the school can uh, involve families all the time. You have to make administrative... Go ahead, walk it back, equivocate, you wuss. ...decisions, but I think that uh, when you have traditions and rituals and routines, and then those are suddenly removed... And I apologize for saying this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kuchenberger. That's what upsets families, and uh, I think that's what we heard this week, and um, I think that's really what we have to communicate to people that we will be more transparent and we will communicate better. So he does a mea culpa she should have done. Right. But she's not going to because she's all for this. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I'll see you after the meeting, John. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So so let me just tell you something that's really not funny. Mm-hmm. So as I was watching this thing, this school committee meeting, I was rolling through rolling through and they've got slides and this and that and this and that and then and a couple of the slides talk about the mental health of going on uh, issues going on in in melrose Mm -hmm. one is the um can i help you (laughs) what's going on okay so one is tell sally about it yeah tell your sister so here's this this is a slide about the mental health of students Mm -hmm. Self-harm or seriously considered uh, committing suicide in the past 12 months, high school or ever, middle school. Overall, 13 to 21% of Melrose students did something. 13 to 21%. This is in the past 12 months. 13 to 21% of Melrose students did something to purposely hurt themselves without wanting to die. 9 to 21% of the students reported having considered attempting suicide. Grade, uh, 10th grade students are more likely to report purposely hurting themselves without wanting to die, and 7th graders were more likely to seriously consider suicide. Here's the next slide. Made a plan or attempted suicide in the past 12 months. Overall, 7% of Melrose students report having made a suicide attempt. Well, well, holy fuck. Yeah, that seems like a lot to me. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Because in a class of 20 kids... That's like one or two of them. Yes. Overall, 7% of Melrose students report having made a suicide attempt. Eight high school attempts resulted in an injury. Grade 6th and 7th uh, grade six and seventh grade students report particularly high risk for planning their suicide. Uh, 10th and 11th grade students report the highest number of suicide attempts. So... So maybe it was because they didn't feel included last Halloween. That's um, right. Did you think of that? So to have this freaking woke moon bat spend her time thinking about not centering Halloween all fall, taking away stuff, mm-hmm. stuff that might be a release for these kids. Freaking F you, every one of you, John, you pussy and her, whatever her name is, Kuchenberger, whatever, all of these people. What a disgrace. And also... Someone in the Melrose Patch or somebody in the news should be saying, holy Jesus. One in 10 kids has tried to off himself in this school. Yeah, it seems like a lot. But hey, you know, as long as um, as long as nobody gets to uh, dress as an Avenger this year, this is that's remarkable. That is remarkable. And this is unfortunately... And by the way, and I saw somebody kvetching, one of the people kvetching about, you know, um, not having vaccine mandates in the school. I think supposedly they don't have them in the schools. And she was very angry. And of course, they just extended in that meeting the mask mandates to January 15th. Congratulations. Make Destabilize the kids a little bit more. That's great. Great time to do that. God, I'm going to a bunch of mal- malpractice. It's freaking malpractice. <sighs> so I didn't see this thing until I... I didn't see this salacious story. 
Uh, in Haverhill from 2018, authorities investigating threats sent to former Haverhill Assistant Superintendent Kuchenberger. Haverhill's former superintendent for curriculum, Julie Kuchenberger, faces new controversy uh, in her Scarborough Main Social District, School District. Police in Scarborough Main have launched an investigation into threatening letters sent to the home of Kooks and her colleagues. Um, uh, Scarborough police said a letter addressed to Kuchenberger's husband had arrived at the couple's home alleging misconduct by Kuchenberger, who's now the superintendent in Scarborough. The letter contains allegations of inappropriate behavior on the part of the superintendent, which the Board of Ed has reviewed deemed to be demonstrably false. The letter, uh, the same letter sent to five school board members. Whatever, I don't know what to it. I just saw the news thing, but it seems like Stuff seems to happen around her. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. And mm -hmm. Is that what the Turtle Boy stuff was? Yeah. Essentially that she's had controversy everywhere right. she's ever gone. But but don't pat yourselves in the back, Melrose, for having, with this, what we just read about the self-harm going on, for taking uh, away, dumbing down, getting rid of the color and excitement in schools, taking away Red Raiders and changing this and getting rid of that, etc. Your psychosis is permeating the head's of the little kids there, okay? And it's sick. All right, anything else? You're allowed to talk. Oh. <laughs> okay, I don't know anymore what I'm allowed to do and not do no, in the I, world. No, I'll entertain <laughs> your entreaties. <laughs> okay. You're the Melrose person. Okay, so um, speaking of schools banning stuff related to Halloween, but not Melrose... Um, three schools in New York have had to ban Squid Game costumes at school. So somehow we've managed to get this far in the podcast without talking about Squid Game. Mm -hmm. But um, it's like this violent... The show about a game show, right? Yeah, but like where the people get killed, yeah. like horror movie thing. So okay. yeah. So they're concerned that the uh, Squid Game costumes are too risque but yeah i mean there's been also i've seen news stories out there of like kids are begging their parents to watch squid game i mean our kids have mentioned squid game so it's like out there kids are talking about it i'm sure it, they watch it yeah <laughs> our kids don't watch it because we don't have netflix so they can't they don't have a login but um but yeah i'm sure there are kids that have been <laughs> watching squid game apparently but um already existing for the guidelines for the schools in new york that have banned these include any costumes that include items that can be interpreted as weapons any costumes that are deemed too gory and scary so uh they said that they have observed some students at recess have been playing a version of squid game <laughs> but due to oh, concerns no. about the potential violent nature of the game, it is inappropriate for recess play or discussion at school. Oh, God. They got to <laughs> close the schools. Get the feds in there. Garland needs to check it out. Ugh. Bangor Daily News, Alice. Mm -hmm. High school teachers vote 81. Uh, sorry, this is from 2018. High school teachers vote 83 to 1. No confidence in their superintendent. Any guesses? Kuchenberger? Correct. <laughs> that was a squeaker. Man, 80, <laughs> 83 to 1. I don't know, man. Maybe that one was uh, John Obremsky. All right. I mean, I'm hitting pay dirt with her by just just like clicking on everything I I uh, <laughs> say. So, so why did they hire her in Melrose again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if my memory of that whole thing is correct anyway. So, uh, but lucky for us. CentralMaine.com. Okay. Scarborough superintendent says she didn't intend to infringe on students' rights. Julie Kuchenberger yeah. defends halting a student voter registration drive by saying she wanted to protect students who were feeling pressured to join in an effort to unseat school board members. <sighs> Man, she is wonderfully shady. That is great. Excellent hire, Melrose. Excellent hire. I say, Julie, let your awoke flag fly high. Keep doing it. They'll keep, keep you it. in Melrose forever if you are woke enough. It really doesn't matter. Um, that is wonderful. You know, what else you bring to the table. But um, in, a, in a different news story, because I'm tired of Cougarburger. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I know oh, you're so all about excited. it. I know you're all about it. But... Um, this is a great story that just made me so happy today. Uh, somebody leaked this email that uh, Ayanna Presley's uh, staffer, her, her legislative correspondent, sent uh, 
this week on Tuesday to uh, the tour coordinator's email address. I'm not sure why this is the person why he chose to email, but Anib Sheikh, he, him, his emailed uh, the tour coordinators and said, hey, y'all, we've had our DC phone line going to voicemail for the past year and a half, but we're looking to switch to live phone calls. Does anyone here know how to make the desk phones answer phone calls? Would greatly appreciate your help. Ah, wonderful. That is wonderful. Constituent services. So if I, you've been calling Ayanna Presley, don't worry. Soon, someone will take your call. I'm sure Anib is going to get the right person who knows how to make the phone take calls anytime now. And uh, he, him, his is going to be able to take your call. Jerry Callahan's a constituent of hers. And I joked that, uh, Jerry, this is why she hasn't been returning your calls. And he said, that's okay. I sometimes just call to hear my girl Ayanna's lovely voice in the recording. <laughs> Oh, speaking so of the... The oh, squad. Speaking of the squad, Cory Bush. Cory Bush today had... The, this is also a re- elected representative, not of anybody here, uh, but Cory Bush is a member of the squad. She had a chance to grill the energy companies, the heads of all the energy companies, Exxon, whatever, whatever. So, of course, she's going to put it to good use, and here she goes. Mr. Lawler, are the overwhelming majority of fossil fuel CEOs black or white? No, I don't. I don't have the the exact numbers, but I would assume they're white. Yes, Ms. Watkins, is an oil refinery more likely to be situated in a black community or a white community? Wait, can we save the next minute and a half? Racism. We get it. Okay, <laughs> just get to racism. Um, I'm not sure how to answer that, honestly. Um, we've got oil refineries um, along the U.S. Gulf Coast, and we're very proud to be community members there. It's black. Yeah, it's, it's black, Mr. Work. Are the impacts of climate change more likely to hit a black neighborhood or a white neighborhood first? Um, what is a white neighborhood? Congresswoman, I uh, have not seen studies that would allow me to give you a... a... The, an- the answer is black. Um, the facts are clear. A 2017 NAACP and Clean Air Tax Force uh, report found that black Americans are 75% more likely to live next to company industrial and service facilities that directly harm us. For years, you all have continued to promote fossil fuels despite knowing that promoting them means promoting environmental racism and violence in black and brown communities. Violence? Um, I think they're also just promoting the cars to be able to go forward in a forward motion. (laughs) They're just letting people buy things that they want to buy for a reason. They'll just put stuff in the black communities. (laughs) You all are still promoting and selling fossil fuels that are killing millions of people. This is a striking example of white supremacy. Your profit-driven choices threaten my life, the lives of my family, my neighbors, and our communities every single day. I sit before you as a black congresswoman with asthma caused by fossil fuels and the tear gas you fund. Now, how do you as how do you as somebody, one of the people taking this beating from her, not just absolutely explode into laughter and say, you were kidding, right? <laughs> this is we're not really. Is this this is not really or do a spit take like with your hot chocolate. <laughs> it is a new front in like. Congressional hearings that just make no sense. Whatsoever. Well, I understand that everybody shows up, but like what she's doing, that's not really constituent services. It's it's not. Oh no, you know, there's nothing. It but but that's what she's there for, and that and you know you know Matt Gates does on the other side too. There's people that they're not they're there to be TV stars mm-hmm. and to be social media stars. That's what they're there to do. They're not there to be just like, like Anna Presley. The phones are off. I've, <laughs> phones work on somebody's like zoning issue f that no way thankfully though we played this earlier in the intro this is joe biden um celebrating electric vehicles today we'll build out the first ever national network of five hundred thousand electric vehicle charging stations all across the country so when you buy an electric vehicle and you get credit for buying it, you buy an electric vehicle you go all the way across america on a single tank of gas figuratively speaking it's not gas. You plug it in. 500,000 of them. These stations along the way. You plug it in. So you can go uh, across America on a single tank of gas, figuratively. It's not gas. You plug it in. Yes, you plug it in about 836 times during right. your journey. 
Right, because what can they go like? How many miles? Oh, Fifty can they miles? Go? Yeah, miles? I don't even long. know. <laughs> you plug it in. Great. That is great. Yeah. So we're buying a bunch of electric vehicles, which means the post office will be driving electric vehicles, and very few other people. There was a time when and truckers when supposedly people, people will remember there was a time when the United States government bought like every living Pinto <laughs> in the world. Do you know the car, the Pinto? Do you know anything about it? They exploded. Exactly right? exploded. But the government had bought them, so the post office was stuck with them. So like, hey, Pinto. <laughs> so they bought them because it was burning clean in the seventies. All right, Alice. What else is going on? What's going on? I mean, this is a the end, almost end to a a a week that was challenging, but I'm very excited. I've eaten nothing but clams all week. <laughs> I'm the clam man. People should know that now, right? Mm-hmm. I've been you eating, look slimmer already. Thank you. I've been eating cans of clams. That's it. <laughs> One way to diet. <laughs> One week. I was so I ate so much hot stuff today during my show that I was unable to get through a segment. I think very few people up until you have had just clam sauce, chili pepper, and. Um, Parmesan cheese. My body is a temple. <laughs> three, me- three meals a day. <laughs> body is a temple. I did worry today when I was on the air that there could be seismic issues. That, but, but nothing happened. It was fine. I am happy. I love clams. Good. I'll never get sick of them. Good. I'm glad you're happy. It, it, it is very sodium-y because I have been swilling down water since... <laughs> He clammed himself to death, Mrs. Shattuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense, actually. Thank you. Just put that on his gravestone, too. It also... Um, Realize Tom Shattuck, he clammed himself I don't really know if I can ever use our microwave again or if I just need to buy a separate uh, yeah. microwave for me to use because there's only so many times you can microwave clam sauce in yeah. there before... That's not going away. <laughs> Everything is clams now when it comes out of there. Sorry. Microwave popcorn is clams. <laughs> Everything is clams. Your coffee is clams. Clam broth from now on is what you're having with your coffee. I, but I have no time during the the breaks and work. I got to throw it in there for a couple of minutes. Ah, I'm the clam man. Where's your clam man t-shirts? We need that done this okay. weekend. You've got a whole bunch of things to do, Alice. Okay. I'm going to get better. I'll put it on my list. <laughs> Oh, well, the lawnmower ain't going to drive itself out there. I was just telling you, now that it, the, the rain has I moved off. I did finally weigh down the tarp on the lawnmower, so it hasn't blown off the first day. Tom's like, I've put the tarp back on the lawnmower six times. And I'm like, so you keep just putting it the same way? Yeah, I half-ass it. <laughs> That's why you have to keep going back out there, though, you know. <laughs> Clam man goes 50%. <laughs> so I went outside and I weighed down the tarp so now we don't have to go out every 45 minutes to replace the tarp. What else is going on, Annie? You um, look beautiful, the... by the way. Oh, thank you. I literally thought that you looked lovely today. Um, perhaps we'll love make soon. Dad, Dad Perfect time. Dad won't give me his phone. Do you want the, Dad's phone? <laughs> Here, hold on. You want the clam man's phone? Alright, here. You know how to use it? No find what you need? Okay, we'll Um, see you later. So, uh, it is interesting that uh, the U.S. is now in talks to provide $450,000 per person to migrant families that Trump separated. I know, I was thinking when you told me that today, I thought, like, what... Where are they in the punch list of, like, okay, let's spitball ideas to start a civil war, guys. <laughs> Hear me out. Remember those kids a few years ago at the border? We give them all a bleep load of taxpayer money. You know what? We refuse to pass it. any bill in Congress. We let the child tax credit expire that's giving people $300 per kid. And then we'll turn around and give the illegal immigrants you know what I wish a half do, a million. I just wish they would, they would roll this into in, in, in another bill that's um, including college debt so rich white kids in suburbs can have, with Range Rovers, can have their college debt paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and just call it the Civil War Act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? I mean, it seems like calculated to just make people crazy. Like, it seems like a headline that Fox News would make up. So I, like, first saw people posting it. and then, But it's, like, being reported by the news side of the Wall Street Journal. Like, yeah. that's what they're well, talking about. 
It's, yeah. You know, we're going to do that, and we're going to teach your kids that are racist and take away Halloween and make them all wear masks and make sure they get a jab from something that our own CDC has said will cause more hospitalizations than COVID will for them. We're doing all that. That's right. <laughs> I mean, and the infrastructure bill, that's its own debacle. Like, they finally came out with a framework today for the big bill, and so... Pelosi and Biden were like, great, we're going to vote on the bipartisan bill today. And the Progressive Caucus was like, nope, no, you're not voting on the bipartisan bill today. We are not voting until we have both bills in front of us and they are exactly to our specifications. One of them has said they're, and I forget which one it is, one of them said they're not voting on it until it contains amnesty for illegals. So like, who knows? Who knows? We great. could be looking at no infrastructure bill here. I that don't know. is great. So, that is great. And then I just, you know what, I'll be fine. <laughs> That, you know what, just give me that happening in total meltdown there, <laughs> and then the Chinese subsonic nukes can hopefully hit somewhere close to here, and I will die happy. Um, But good news, Gen Z is now taking over office culture. So at least now, I know you also hate Gen Z, but at least now the millennials are starting to feel oppressed by Gen Z. In the Millennials office. are out there going like, wow, my 30s are going fast. Yeah, F-face, you think? <laughs> As a millennial with a habit of lurking on TikTok, this is from the New York Times, by the way, Jessica Fain understood that skinny jeans and side parts were on the steady march toward extinction. But when Ms. Fain, who works as a product manager at a large tech company, heard that some of her favorite emojis might also be confronting retirement, namely the laughing, sobbing face, she decided to seek the counsel of her junior colleagues. I heard that using this emoji isn't cool anymore, Miss Fane, 34, said she wrote in the water cooler Slack channel. Yeah, I only use that emoji at work for professionalism, a younger employee replied. Hate to break it to you, Jess. Miss Fane is old enough to remember when millennials determined what was in vogue. Rompers, rose pink, craft What's beer. What's a romper? It's like the those things girls wear where it's like a shirt and shorts attached together in like one piece. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I guess so. I, 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 no, I can see them, yeah. Um, Netflix and chill. Now she gets the foreboding sense from colleagues that her AARP card awaits. Subtly, yet undeniably, as generational shifts tend to go. You know, it's, it's incredible because they're the first generation to have felt... <laughs> You know, less cool and to age like that. So what a self-indulgent piece of There's crap this thing is. There's a new crop of employees determining the norms and styles of the workplace. And they have no qualms be? about questioning not just emoji use, but all the antiquated ways of their slightly older managers, from their views on politics in the office to their very obsession with work. I feel very sure that I'm uncool, said Andy Dunn, 42, who co-founded the upscale apparel brand Bonobos, once the uniform for a subset of millennial men. Okay. I'm I've come to accept apparel. that. Do we have to listen to this anymore? <laughs> Good. That's right. You're all getting old. We're getting old. It's not all about our Harry Potter and our rose pink and our Netflix and chill anymore. What are we going to do? So, Alice, I was thinking about getting a really, like, really bad dark soy sauce color hair dye <laughs> why because i'm i want to seem look young and cool i like your hair i but what do you think i mean just for like a really really bad job you know i used to work with a guy who had a terrible and he was like probably 64 mm -hmm. but he had like somehow he thought that like getting soy sauce colored hair would convince i don't understand like what you're thinking when you do but anyway, I'm gonna do it. I'm doing that, mm -hmm. and I'm. Uh, I can't wait to have gray hair. I'm getting I think fillers, it's cool. and I'm gonna get my buttocks done. <laughs> okay. Your buttocks isn't already done. No, I'm getting it done. <laughs> okay. It doesn't have the part. You don't look at me like like you used to. <laughs> okay. All right. We good, Doug? Um, we didn't uh, mention that Facebook is changing their name now. Oh, who cares. It's Metacon or whatever. They're rebranding as Meta because they're going to be uh, the company of the Metaverse. Mm. It's going to be the Boomerverse, which is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mostly it features deceased dogs <laughs> these days. Which is fine. You know, but, but the Facebook usefulness got saturated as soon as everybody could see if their classmates had gotten fat. Or how mm -hmm. they looked. Now everybody knows now. Oh, great. Tracy still looks good. That sucks. 
John got fat. That's awesome. You know, that Facebook destroyed the class reunion. Absolutely. That's true, for sure. But you know? I think they want to do that with everything now because that's yeah. what they mean by metaverse is they want to, like, we, I think we talked about, like, having virtual church. They want to have, be, like, the place to I go call for it blockchain. virtual church. Um, I call it blockchain. Yeah, maybe, but the... Isn't it blockchain? Well, blockchain is, it's a... It, <laughs> feel condescended to actually <laughs> uh, maybe we'll cover blockchain another day <laughs> you know i'm smart right uh-huh you know i got a 910 on my first sat 910 not too bad not too shabby it's mm-hmm. well over 50 percent. okay laugh at me condescend me mm-hmm. thank you so much everybody um we will talk to you soon just one more week until we're back on youtube is my understanding we'll try not to get permanently banned but who knows um in any case until then we're on rumble we are on twitter facebook uh burn barrel pod on there and uh burn barrel podcast.com you can shoot us an email if you want to it's burn barrel podcast at gmail.com uh all the places gab parlor say la vie. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.